Hey, what's up, everyone? Just getting ready, just sharing the stuff real quick. So just give me a minute and we'll start. Just a minute, just a minute. Just a minute. Yeah, this takes forever. All right. And we're just about done. Boom. And just like that, it's shared everywhere. All right. Well, let me lose the banner here. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 16, uh, targeting with JK47. Welcome. Uh, just woke up from a nap, so well rested. Ready to do what we do best. Uh, let's see. We didn't have an episode last week, uh, so we had it the week before. And we were doing the session with Maria Elizabeth Ridoff. And based on your votes on the survey, uh, 15 people voted. So we'll um, continue down the rabbit hole. But this will be the last time I'm going to communicate with her. I don't think there's much happening with it. Um, so we'll say our goodbyes and uh, maybe pick out a new one or try to talk to somebody famous next week. We'll see. But um, I got a treat for y'all. Um, I got my show here. Uh, it premiered on the, the 6th. So if you haven't seen it, I'm going to uh, I'm going to stream it a little. Stream it right now. So let me switch this out. Add the screen. They fought a growing insurgency oh. by former loyalists. Getting rid of Saddam and his regime was the easy part, and then all hell breaks loose. You guys hear it? The Americans find themselves in the midst of a really complicated insurgency. It's oh, it's because my speaker is disconnected. I hope you guys can hear it. But yeah, this is the show I was on. I knew something was happening to me. I'm still searching to this day as to what it was. Yeah, there's a My name is Jonathan Keyworth. There's me. I was the in Operation Iraqi Freedom. I grew up in Inglewood, Colorado. My dad did play for uh, the Denver Broncos from 1974 to 1981. So this is the Mission Unexplained that I was on. I wanted to give my life direction and discipline. Well, I don't get in trouble for sure. In military in 2003. In September 2003. Oh, no. If I got to take it down, I'll take it down. We were in the middle of the Sunni Triangle, and that's where all the Saddam loyalists were. Once in the collapse, that's where the Wild West began. 
everybody had a gun. It was a shootout pretty much every day. Alexa, on volume 10. I was a gunner on the OD. Being a gunner is very challenging. You're fully exposed. You're the only one that has a 360. Yeah, then, hey everybody, this is the show I was on. So, in the open. Just gonna premiere it here. You basically feel Hopefully like I don't get in trouble. Every day I feared for my life. I didn't know if I was gonna get shot by a mortar. I didn't know if it was gonna be a suicide bomber. You just never know when it's gonna happen. Halloween of 2003. That is when 51 caliber rounds went flying by my head. I was shot at for the first time. When the adrenaline is pumping, everything goes into slow motion. <coughs> the bullets. The bullets were just whizzing by my head. I was terrified. If I had to measure that fear on a scale of one to 10, it was 11. I dropped down. I was frozen with fear. I couldn't speak or do anything. Everybody else in that home Drop. was the same way. I don't think you'll get in trouble when it comes I across and I appreciate that, buddy. All of a sudden, this Sounds voice good. said, you'll be Thanks. okay. It felt like somebody was right on my shoulder. The voice made me feel like I was losing my Rob said good. This is the first time anything like that had ever happened to me. I will come after you, Rob. But something was calming and trusting about it. So I stood up. I felt like nothing was going to hurt me. I felt invincible. All my fear dissipated just like that. So this is uh, that episode mission unexplained I was on. And I started firing. What could be happening here is the third man factor, which is a hallucination of an unseen being that offers comfort in the moments of extreme stress. Scientists believe it's triggered by biochemical reactions in the brain. While normal hallucinations are disorderly, the third man factor is helpful and orderly, inducing feelings of unearthly calm. The most shocking part was how I went from 100% fear to 100% peace. It started making me realize that possibly something's helping me. Later, Jonathan's unit is assigned to guard a U.S. base in a yeah, neighboring town. It was dusk. <laughs> I was scanning my sector. When you're a gunner, they don't have a seat. It's like a one-inch strap. 
connected from one Number turn to other. So as I was sitting in my strap, all of a sudden, my left leg began shaking uncontrollably. This is the first time anything on my body well, had Thank you for the heart. I appreciate it. Whoever gave me the heart, thank you very much. can't see it. I would cause that. I had no idea what it was. It wouldn't stop. It just kept kept shaking. So my leg's going crazy, and I'm messing with my night vision, and all of a sudden, it stops. With what happened, uh, mind, I work for a Canadian military. Back of my mind, I understand. Uh, sorry, you know, maybe something's warning me. Something was going to happen. Exactly five minutes oh. after his leg stopped shaking, right on, bro. Jonathan witnesses something unexpected. Oh, there's my love, my love, like Love you. you, thank you. I knew it was something infrared. Yeah, Rob, uh, that's cool, man. Thank you for your service, you know, as a fellow uh, veteran or if you're still in, thank you for serving the military. The military uses infrared to highlight objects no, it's, uh, at night, and that seems to be what Jonathan was seeing from the beam. Great thing to experience, you know. It's a little discipline in your life. Still money for college. I don't know you, how you guys do it up there, but my night vision down. Put my butt through college. Started getting bigger and bigger in a matter of seconds. It was coming right at me. Yeah, that was my thought. The thought flew right by my head. Bounced off a wall and blew up in the center of the FOB. The light was getting bigger during a firefight in Iraq. U.S. Army gunner Jonathan Keyworth's leg begins to shake uncontrollably. Suddenly, it stops. Welcome, exactly welcome. We're just watching the episode that was on the mission unexplained, and then we're going to start our session here. And injured my platoon sergeant with shrapnel in his leg. They were intent on destroying us that night. The battle lasted for four hours. Never forget the visions. And if I hadn't paid attention to my leg tremors, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Seven weeks later, Jonathan's unit is returning from a mission in another town when they receive news about their injured platoon sergeant. We were driving down. Had to go back to work, probably. Yeah. For all these attacks happen from IEDs to roadside attacks with RPGs. We get a call from the superior saying our platoon sergeant helicopter had been shot down. He was the one that held our platoon together. He was like our dad. It was really devastating for us. As a morning, just thinking about getting back to base, my leg starts to shake. I have no explanation as to why my leg would be shaking again. I was standing up. I wasn't even sitting on the strap. Moments later, Jonathan's legs stopped shaking. And I have this feeling inside my soul that something's gonna happen. Five minutes later, we get attacked. Two RPGs were fired from across the highway at our convoy. I had an actual chance of dying if I didn't pay attention. They went on both sides of my head. We turned around. I started firing my weapon. 
into the field. I was supposed to die. Two weeks later, Jonathan is prepping for the day ahead when an odd occurrence catches his attention. We were getting our Humvees and equipment ready. And as clear as I'm talking to you now, a voice tells me, whatever you do, don't go on this mission. It was that same voice that I heard on Halloween. No one was out there whose voice it was, I don't know. It's telling me for a reason not to go. Sir, can I uh, have a word for a sec? So, I can't go on the upcoming mission. I don't think I'll be able to protect my platoon. I tell my sergeant that I don't feel well, something's wrong. I wouldn't be able to perform my duties. I asked him Welcome back. This is the episode I was on for Mission Unexplained. We're just watching it real quick before we do the session here for Rita Elizabeth Rudolph. About the voice, but if I told anybody, I don't think they would have believed me anyways. Maybe because of lack of sleep, maybe because of stress. Jonathan hearing the voice could be an auditory hallucination. Studies show that 62 to 74 percent of active military members do not get enough sleep, which is actually twice as much as people in the general population. Yeah, thank Relieved of his duty, Jonathan's platoon carries on while he stays behind. And then at 5 a.m., I hear the loudest explosion I ever yeah, heard. Yeah, it's on radio guard. I got on the radio and nobody responded. It was a car bomb. The vehicle that I was supposed to be in blew up. Now three friends are, are dead. That could have been me. It brought on grief very quick. I carry a lot of guilt. On my wrist are the names of the soldiers that I lost. The last three were in the car bomb. After the incident, Jonathan tells his superiors about the voice. I'm sick. I was essentially downgraded from fighting to office job. I was one of the best gunners on the Mark 19. You feel really like a failure. The following year, Jonathan decides to leave the military. I got out in 2005. I don't talk to anybody about the voices or the leg shaking for a long time. Since I've been out of the Army, I have never heard the voice again. It's always been in the back of my mind. What was that? When someone has had it's traumatic when you're trying to find meaning and purpose sometimes we can find that it my in spirit guide christina which might she be was a vision of say an angel or yeah. somebody coming to comfort us he's being protected by something else where i love how they depicted her i told her that and a she was being white and a white robe with a sword even yeah. trying to predict her you know, make her look like a guy of my time in Iraq. Weird. I want to tell my story 
because of its time like passing said. and I feel more comfortable talking about it now. I cannot explain. All right. So there you go, guys. That's the episode there. So what we'll do now is, uh, hey, Wantley's World, huh? You just watched my episode there. Uh, you can you can rewatch it, or it's on sale or at Amazon if you want to buy it, or YouTube for two bucks. Um, it's in the middle. It, it it was good. They did a really good job, so I'm really grateful for them. Um, but yeah, let me get uh, this going here. Let's go over her case. Like I said, this will be the last session that we'll do for Maria Elizabeth. Uh, she can pop in and out and. Say stuff if she wants. She's more than welcome to uh, after today. But um, I want to try talking to some other people, try another cases, um, see what we can find out. So, so here's uh, what we're doing today. So this is Maria Elizabeth Ridoff. Uh, she was born in 1950, March 12th. My dad was born in 1952, so she'd be about the same age as my dad right now. But she was a seven-year-old girl who disappeared from Sycamore, Illinois on uh, December 3rd, 1957. Her body and remains were found almost five months later in a wooded area near Woodbine, Illinois, approximately 90 miles from her home. So based on stuff that we've talked about with her, and stuff, I, I don't know. I think she was murdered and then dumped there. Um, I don't think she was killed on that scene out there. So based on the feelings I got from everything we've been talking to her about, uh, she was last seen by her friend on the neighborhood corner of uh, Center Cross Street in Archie Place uh, with an unknown man in his early 20s who called himself Johnny. I don't know. I mean, things were different back in the 70s growing up. You know, you're 50, 70, 20-year-old kid. You know, I, I don't know. People didn't think about that stuff back then. So um, let's see, going on in the case, which is uh, well-known in the Chicago area, is probably one of, it is one of the oldest cold case murders in the United States to presumably be solved. Uh, Jack McCullough, who's under his former name, John Tesser, had been a neighbor of the Ridoff family, was connected, convicted of her murder in 2012. So almost 60 years later, 62 years later, he was convicted. However, in uh, 2016, the, the Caleb County State Attorney announced that a post-conviction review is available. Evidence showed McCullough could not have been present at the place at the time of Maria's likely abduction. Um, McCullough was released uh, from prison April 15, 2016. So he spent four years in prison. Um, and then he was an innocent of the crime in 2017. So here's the parents. Uh, so we'll listen for Michael and Francis. Uh, those are the parents of, of her. And then uh, she was found um, under a tree in a, a field in uh, nine miles away. So, so we're going to listen for Sycamore. We're going to listen for Woodbine. Listen for... Uh, you know, Michael and Francis, uh, but we'll, uh, we'll try to reach her for the last time. So, um, 
that's uh, what I'm going to be seeing on the other screen. So move that. I'll get everything set up, and we'll see if we can contact her. You guys here okay? Thank you. 
I forgot the date, but I think it's at March 11th. I don't, I don't know. Um, Maria, can you tell me what city you were born in? What city were you born in? What was your daddy's name? Can you tell me your daddy's name? Maria, can you tell me your mommy's name? What's your mommy's name? Thank 
your daddy's name? Can you tell me your daddy's name? What's your mommy's name? Can you tell me uh, how you died? How did you die, honey? Murder. Yeah? How are you murdered? Can you tell me where they found your body? Where did they find your body? talk to me, you're more than welcome to come into my sessions and help, okay? Alright, you're always welcome. Now, I'm going to do what I have to do. Christina Santos, how many spirits around us need help moving on? Alright, let's help them out. Spirits, what I need you to do is look towards the heavens. You need to open your eyes. This is painful for spirits. And it will allow your soul to ascend up to the absolute Yes. Look up towards the heavens. If you're unable to do this, Christina Santos. Help these spirits to the ascension tubes in my side so that they can begin their afterlife. Let me know when we have helped these spirits. Have we helped these spirits? Thank you. Uh, my spirit guys, thank you to my army brothers, my name Nathan brothers, my brothers. Thank you to Maria for our love and life spirits. And I close this section and I say goodbye. Can you say goodbye? Can you say goodbye? was that uh, i got a couple of good voices at the end there one kind of jumped out at me it sounded like an alien it's really weird so i'm gonna review that one it was pretty loud and clear i don't know what that uh 
That last one was, that was kind of weird, man. Kind of spooked me out. It sounded like alien talk. Who knows what I'm getting into? Yeah, yeah, man. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> the first time I've heard that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens next time, man. Uh, um, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll put up a new poll. Um, you know, the more people that into it, that helps me know what I got to do for the show. So, um, so we'll say goodbye to Maria Elizabeth. Um, if we ever want to come back, we can. Um, just not getting a lot, and I want to move on to other things. So, uh, for next week, uh, you guys could choose uh, whether we do another cold case, or uh, I could talk about um, how to meditate. Uh, to enhance your strengths or we can uh, move on to uh, a new cold case or a celebrity so yeah there's lots of things we can do on the on the next episode but um i thank you all i, I love you all for your support uh, love and light and um if you haven't checked out the show uh, it's called mission unexplained um i'm on episode three and i thank them very much for uh doing it proud and uh you know, honoring the memories of, of my brothers. So, um, it was an awesome opportunity and I can't thank him enough for that. So, um, thank you, Robert. Thanks. Wantley Des. Thanks everybody for being here. And, um, I'm going to close this session out. And, uh, this was episode 16. Uh, look out for the poll. I'll be putting that up and, uh, love you guys. And thank you for everything. Have a good one.